0: Hey everyone, couple things to talk about today. You know the two conference finals games that happened, and also Damian Lillard and uh, the Warriors with the Wiseman and the pick trade. You know, just thoughts on those, but also like my own Damian Lillard trade and Warriors trades. Um, But let's talk about the Suns Clippers game five first. You know, I picked, I picked the Clippers, I mean, not the Clippers, the Suns in five. Because I thought they were a serious team. And if you're, like, a serious team, you see that Kawhi is out, so you win game four, which they did. And then you go home, and you just bury this team. And they weren't able to do that, you know, Zubac was out, so the... The Clippers ended up playing small, which you know, I was a little disappointed in the way DeAndre and today. But I wanna I wanna talk about the Clippers first. Firstly, Paul George, just amazing, you know, one probably his best game ever. Although it is one of those things where like it is a career game. But I don't think I don't think he dominated from like start to finish. You know what I mean, like that first half he was actually like just okay, like a solid like b, and then in the second half he had like thirty points, like actually like actually thirty points, so you know career game from career game from him, especially in the playoffs like I don't think i think I do remember a game against Miami where he did go off and I I thought that was pretty impressive. But I think that might have been the game where LeBron got like 5 fouls in like 10 minutes. So it might it might be that game, so I'm not sure. This one everyone was healthy for the Suns. No one was like in foul trouble or anything. And uh you know Paul George just went off. You know, this was this was actually like um, actually let's do more clippers talk. Um, Reggie Jackson, he's gonna get a lot of fucking money. Like I don't I don't know what's gotten into him. Some of the threes that he made were contested three feet behind the line. So you know, something's gotten into him, he should get drug tested probably. And uh, you know, he's able to beat everyone off the dribble now somehow. It's very insane. Um and he's a guy that you can like actually rely on for eighteen or twenty five points now. I never thought I could just say that. Like, yeah, Reggie Jackson pencil him pencil him in for uh eighteen to twenty five. Other than that, uh Marcus Morris, you know, he's he definitely looked healthier tonight. He played well. Patrick Beverly on defense has been a menace. Both on Chris Paul Actually He got Chris Paul one time I don't know if he was like a I don't know if he was like a menace to Chris Paul But like to Devin Booker He definitely has been And one thing I don't understand with Booker And like some of these Quote unquote purist basketball players Is You know Paul George did the Swipe through move In front of Devin Booker and then on the next possession down with the Suns, Patrick Beverly has his hand, like, attached to Devin Booker's hip. The Suns are in the bonus, but Devin Booker doesn't do the swing through? Like, I just don't get it. Like, like Kyrie's the same way, Tatum's the same way. Like, these guys, they're, they're, they think that somehow that's, that you're not allowed to do. Actually, they, they probably think they're too good to do that. And I just don't get that at all, because I really think Devin Booker, if he really wanted to, he could probably foul out Pat- Patrick Beverly just by doing like the little tricks and stuff. Not like the throwing your ass into someone, because I think that's actually like just fucking ridiculous. But like the swing throughs, especially when they're being that physical with you, you could definitely get Patrick Beverly. Three, four, five fouls real quick. Um, Oh yeah, DeMarcus Cousins. He just absolutely abused Sarek for like a 15 minute stretch. And I think Monty Williams, he, he shit all over the court on that one. He just watched Sarek get burned alive time and time and time again. And it's not, like, the thing with Sarek was it's not just that he got dominated by Cousins. It's that he looked afraid out there on offense. He looked timid out there. He was passing up shots. You know, he got, a, then, and then he started rushing shots where he threw up, like, a floater that, like, had absolutely no chance of going in. No touch at all. And you know, he, on some of the pick and pops he wasn't even, like, looking at the rim. He was like, okay, I caught it. I'm just gonna go Right into a dribble handoff, which, you know, looks good, but it's also like, yo, you're, you're wide open, like 10 feet. You gotta shoot that. Um, what else? Uh, I guess from the Sun side, you know, a lot of turnovers, you know, that's not very like Sun's basketball. Once again, DeAndre ain't very disappointing. You know, they played small and he wasn't able to dominate. He like you need like this needed to be a you know, seventeen points, twenty rebounds, nineteen rebounds type game from DeAndre. He just didn't have that. You know, he talks a lot about Chris Paul and Devin Booker that believe in him, but it's like, no they don't actually. Because if they did believe in you, you would be getting, you know, twelve to fifteen shots a game. You know, on those rolls, they would pass it to the side. And, you know, when they get the switch with you on, like, Patrick Beverly or something, they're going to pass it the ball, but they don't. So, yeah, that's something that they, it's it's interesting because, like, they just keep talking, like, DeAndre especially keeps talking about, like, oh, you know, Chris Paul, I love Chris Paul, but it's like, I guess. he he doesn't pass you the ball like there's not like there's not that trust with DeAndre that they seem to keep telling us that there is Um, other than that Mikel and actually hold let me check let me just check real quick because I don't want to say anything wrong about uh, yeah, again, Mikel and Crowder only twenty eight and twenty seven minutes, a combined nine points. That's not that's not enough. Chris Paul had a Chris Paul was just throwing a bullshit out there, like that three point shot where like they kick, they flop after shooting it, they just kick their legs out and shit. I'm not talking about like the regular kick out, like. What James Harden and Chris Paul have been doing recently, well, James Harden when like you know he was still in the playoffs, but like it it was the it was one it they swing through on like with their legs so much it's actually like very gross. So, you know, Chris Paul eight for nineteen, not great. Um, Devin Booker, 9 for 22, not great. He did make his 3 so, um, you know, campaign only five points. Tory Craig came in, gives him some energy. Dario, like I said, one for four, not great. And, um, yeah, just from theirs, oh, they even played the rookie, John Smith. I must have missed that. Hmm. All right, so this is just my... Oh, I, the, another thing from this game is, I guess, the flagrant foul on Crowder, like... I can't believe that was a flagrant foul. That was one of the... I, I'm i so tired of the NBA. I'm like... I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, fuck this shit. You know, and I, I know there's... I bet there's... Tons of fans... I watched that get called a flagrant foul And just went What the fuck is even going on now Cause Crowder contested it He kept contesting it And it hit uh, Paul George's face And they're like yep flagrant foul It's like what are you guys doing A flagrant on that Like I get it was Kind of like preventable But at the same time No way that's a flagrant foul So you know that was kind of annoying. Um, anything else I want to talk about from this game? I, I just want—I just want to give my prediction for the next game. So the way I do my predictions is, I just look at what's what a team can replicate and what can't be replicated. So that's why I'm just gonna go through both the teams first. Paul George, 41 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 75% shooting. I'm going to say that's not something he can replicate. That's a career game for him. And, uh, you know, he might still have a good game. Like, he might have 35 points on, you know, 12 for 24 shooting. I just don't see 75% shooting and 40 points. You know what I mean? So, like, that's just not something I see. Uh, Reggie Jackson, you know, I'm going to say that is replicable. That is that is something he can replicate. You know, he's, he's just shown through the Dallas series, through the Utah series, and, you know, through the Sun series now that he is capable of that. He does need to get drug tested, though. Some of those dunks, like, I haven't seen that since the Thunder day. So, like, definitely drug test that man. Um, Marcus Morris, 23 points, I believe. And I think he shot the ball, like, 8 for 12 or some shit like that. No, that's not replicable. Oh. Actually, it is, but, like, I don't see it happening. Like, Morris is more of, like, a streaky guy. You know, where he, um, like, he might be able to do it two games in a row, but then, like, the next three games, he's going to be, like, a combined six for 32. So, we'll see if he does the next game, but I wouldn't count on it. You know what I mean? Like, he made some pretty, like, tough shots. Um... A lot of fadeaways. And uh, one even, like, contested long two-over Crowder. So, you know, I just don't see that happening. On the other side, the Suns, uh, I think 15 turnovers. Nah, that's not going to happen again. Uh, Chris Paul, 8 for 19, 0 for 6 from 3. I don't see that happening again. Um... DeAndre in, 10-10 and 10 against a small lineup. No, I don't see that happening again. Mikel and Crowder combining for 9 points. I don't see that happening again. So, my prediction would be Suns and 6. I think the Suns probably win this game. The Yes, Suns probably win game 6 just because I think a lot of what they did they're going to improve on, and I think the Clippers, what they did, they're not going to be able to do that again. Um, The other thing, I guess, from this game was how... Like, Devin Booker's a bad defender. And I'm tired of these defensive players where, you know, they put their hands up, and, you know, they're in the spot to contest, I suppose, so they're like, oh, you know, I did my job. I was, in the, I was there to contest. But it's like, you showed absolutely no resistance. You let them get to their spot from like 30 feet out. You're not bumping them. You're not stopping them from getting to their spot. Like, Paul George just, like, there was nothing Devin Booker was doing to, like, stop people from getting to the spot. Like, uh, Donovan Mitchell was the same way. Kyle Kuzma is, like, the king of this. Where, like, he's guarding someone at the three-point line. And he stays in front. But he lets them get to, like, the paint. And when they finish over him, he's like, oh, you know, I had my hand up, though. It's like, I don't give a fuck. Just make sure he doesn't get in the paint. Like, what are you doing? Like, I don't, like, Devin Booker was, to me, was a worse defender than I thought he even was. Because I never thought he was a great defender. I never thought he was a good defender. I thought he was, like, not a liability. Now I'm beginning to, like, think he might actually just be a liability on defense. Because, firstly, they picked on it with Marcus Morris. And, you know, Marcus Morris made some tough fadeaway jumpers. So it's like, ah, whatever. But then on top of that, like, some of the rotations he made were disgusting. He gave Marcus Morris two wide-open threes. Just by not communicating and by not getting there on time. So, you know, the, like, those are the type of things that Devin Booker... Like, he's so skilled on offense, but, like, he still has to get better at basketball. You know, get better at rotations, get better on defense, get better on, like, the little things. Get better at on not fouling 90 feet away. You know, get better at, you know, doing, like, the swing through and shit like that. So, like, there's so much he can still improve on, even if he doesn't get better as, like, a shooter it's a ball handler, shit like that. So, you know, th- th- those were my only thoughts from this game. Uh, game two. Okay, so, I have, I, by the way, I do have the Suns in six. But, ugh, if I'm the Suns, if I'm Chris Paul, I'm nervous because this has happened to me so many times. If I'm the Suns, though, if I'm Devin Booker, if I'm DeAndre and, if I'm Mikel, if I'm Crowder, I'm not nervous. Because they they haven't been on the other end. They haven't been. They've have, they have never had this happen to them. Like, Devin Booker absolutely believes he's going to win the series. DeAndre Ayton believes he's going to win the series. You know, Mikel's going to believe, you know, that they're going to win the series. You know, those guys are like 22. No, Devin's like 24 now. So they're like 25 and younger, first time in the playoffs. They're not going to think, oh, shit, we're going to lose. No, they're going to think we're going to win. But if you're Chris Paul, you'll probably be like, oh, shit, this has happened before. I've gotten up 3-1 before. I've gotten up 3-2 before. You know, so for Chris's sake, I hope he does win because this would just be an epic collapse. You know, even if they lose game six, which I don't think they will. I really don't. Um, You know, he better hope that they win game 7 If they do lose game 6 The other stuff is like the Kawhi Leonard stuff You know, where he he might not trust like the doctors You know, the same thing with like the Spurs is happening again And You know, like I have no problem with it Like if he doesn't feel like the doctors are doing like the best Like just let him get his own doctors Like I have no problem with that you know, just let him get his own doctors. Like, what's the big deal? So, but it does it does feel like the injury is worse than even what like the Clippers think it is. Um, and let's say the Clippers do win the series, and Kawhi is able to come back. I just don't think the Clippers have a single chance against the Bucks at all. If Clippers, and if Kawhi is like seventy five percent, but who knows? I'll say this about the Clippers too—they're playing tremendous defense. And like the, this, this is another thing. This is the thing with Luca and like Luca against Trey and like all these other players that are getting the shine now. If you watch the Mavericks against the Clippers, you know what their problem was. Their problem wasn't that. They weren't able to score on them. Like Luca was able to score on them at will. Luca made Pat Bev unplayable, unplayable. Pat Bev was food out there, and now he's like a critical part. He's playing thirty minutes a night. You know, Luca was like, "No, no, I'm scoring all these points." The problem with the uh, the Mavericks was they couldn't they couldn't get any stops. So when I look at Trey, you know. The the Hawks aren't scoring points. They're not able to score points. And he has offensive weapons out there. Herder, 40% three-point shooter. Bogie, 40% three-point shooter. Gallo, 40% three-point shooter. Collins can shoot. Capels a rim-running center. Uh, Lou Will can shoot. You know, so Tony Snell can shoot. So, like, he's got all these shooters around him. He's got these offensive weapons around him. But he's not able to score... Luca was able to score. The problem was they weren't able to get stops because, you know, he didn't have a Capella. He didn't have a Nate McMillan, you know, coaching up these players and, you know, making them play with effort and heart and all that stuff. And that that's kind of just been my point about why I haven't been incredibly impressed. Because I don't think Trey Young has been playing, like, amazing and, you know, yeah, that was it. Um, but let's talk about the Bucks hawks game three. That was a pretty good game, I guess. Uh, the shot-making at the end, like, that was special. Especially with Chris Middleton. He made, like, two, you know, baseline fadeaways from 22 feet out. Like, 20 feet out. Both of them two long twos, which is kind of funny, I guess. Uh, but his, like, one thing about him is his jump shot is so fucking pretty. His jump shot's beautiful. You know, and... I love his game. Like, the way he plays, it's so smooth. You know, He's got he's like baby KD. That's what he is. Baby KD with, like, a little Tatum, Kobe, uh, you know, Devin Booker. Like, his game is just so smooth. You know, throughout the game, just watching him, it felt like he was a little passive. Like, when he would come off those pick and rolls, he would have some space. And, you know, he wouldn't shoot it. You know, he would have some space and he would pass it, turn over, pass it, turn over. Because there was no pass to be made there. You had to go up and shoot that. And then in the fourth quarter, he just caught on fire. And it was just, like, the shot making was incredible. Um, and, like, the the shot that he made over Gallo to, like, put them up 10. That was like a vintage Kobe shot. Where, you know, straight ice threw at the top. He got to... You know, the free throw line, side step back, fade away, cash. Um The other thing from this game is Giannis, I think, has finally reached that point where it's, you know, he's a traditional just big man now. So, and you can see how easily the game's coming to him because... He's essentially like New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, Uh, Anthony Davis, you know, where it's like pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. We're just getting you in transition. He doesn't do pick and rolls as much or pick. He doesn't do pick and pops as much as AD would. But what he has is he gets it in transition. He does pick and rolls, get it in transition and like some ISOs. On the left block, which I actually don't love. Like, I've heard people talk about, oh, he's unstoppable there. It's like, no, I saw a Kangwu and I saw a Capella, like, completely taken. You know, the only time he scored was over, like, Gallo and uh, Collins. But, like, a Kangwu Onyeka, like, when Giannis would go at him and he would hit him in the chest, Onyeka's not moving and then, like, Giannis loses the ball so i'm still not a big fan of that i think they need to do even less of that or Giannis has to do better moves where you know he's taking more fadeaways instead of facing up and like doing a bunch of dribble moves like it's two K of some shit and you know just being an idiot with the ball um on the other hand you know trey had a pretty good game he got stepped like he stepped on the ref's foot like i'm not blaming anyone for that like i'm not blaming the ref on that That was like, that just happened. Like, the ref was out of bounds. So it's not even, like, something you can blame him for. Um, the other thing, like, it, it appears Brooke Lopez might not be playable in the series. It appears that way. Um, you know, minus 17 for the game. Not good. Less than good. Um, what else? They're, they're really, like, the. Middleton, Drew, Giannis, PJ, uh Pat Connington lineup. You know, they switch everything. They can make threes. Giannis is at center. You can do a lot of pick and roll stuff. The the floor is open. Um and you you can tell their you know, offense is coming to them again. Twenty seven assists again. You know, I think it's been twenty seven assists, twenty nine assists, and then twenty seven assists tonight. Only eleven turnovers. Um Drew Holiday, twelve assists, only one turnover, two for eleven shooting, but like he did have twelve assists, two steals, two blocks. Um, Bobby Portis has been huge. You know they're they're just gang rebounding on the offensive glass. Had fifteen tonight. Everyone's getting offensive rebounds. Uh, Pat Connington just flies in and gets them. It's pretty insane. Like the way he's doing it, it's like some ninja ship. Um. Let's see what else. Giannis' free throws is still a problem, 6 for 13. I don't know what's going on with him because in the in the regular season, he didn't shoot it bad. Like, I think he shot like 65, 67, 68, something like that. So, like, I don't know what's going on here. And, you know, the other thing is the Bucks three guys are still playing big minutes and, you know, they haven't self-combust on the floor. So, good, you know. I thought I thought they would just die on the floor if they played more than thirty six minutes, but Chris Middleton forty two and a half, Drew forty two minutes, Giannis forty one minutes, and they were fine. They were fine. Giannis is not taking a lot of threes; he only took two. Um, The Bucks didn't take a lot of threes, but that made sense because they got so many offensive rebounds, and they just put those back up. So that's good. What well, The other thing I don't understand is like When Bobby Portis is in, he will post up But like I don't understand why Brooke Lopez is not posting up though. So that's something That doesn't really make sense to me uh, Trey Young was having a pretty good game You know uh, What they have decided though is if You're going to score to beat us We're not letting you Score and get the 10 assists You know, only 4 assists from Trey 4 turnovers to so, like a one-for-one one assist turnover ratio. Um, so what I think they have to do is probably, you know, Trey, and that's the thing with Trey and comparing him to, like, Steph and Dame and all these players. Trey's not a good enough shooter for his off-ball to matter that much. Like, he's a career, what, 34 35% three-point shooter. And the, in these playoffs, he's shooting, what, like, 33% from three. And, you know, he just doesn't do a lot of the other stuff. Like he doesn't do like the off ball ship. He doesn't go set screens for other. He does, like I've seen him try setting screens and it's so half assed. Like he doesn't. He like he's setting the screen, but he's not really setting the screen. Um, Bogdan like he's injured, so like I don't even know what to make of that. Maybe if he's injured, maybe he should stop taking like sixteen shots a game. Maybe not take that many shots. Uh, Herter, like, his defense and his playmaking have been very impressive. You kind of forget that he's 6'7 and, like, pretty long and athletic. So, you know, he had three blocks and, you know, he's been playing really well. He's a really good player. Like, I'm sure, I'm confident if you go listen to, like, my podcast from, like, months ago. I've been talking about Kevin Herter for a while. Like, he's really good. Uh, Gallo had a pretty good game. You know, he was just making tough shot over tough shot. A Kongu I really like. I still believe. I 100% believe. That they're going to have to pick between. Onyeka and Capella in two years. Because he's he's just that good. He's really fucking good. And you know. He's a lot stronger than I thought he would be. Because I, I've seen him against Giannis now. And I saw him against Embiid a couple of times. Where you know. He just held his own. And. Uh, you know. He's he's very solid. Uh, Colin's got into foul trouble. But like. Yeah, he had five fouls. And, you know, I heard people talking about, oh, you know, you should have brought him in sooner. It's like, no, not really. He had five fouls. And, like, it's, like when you miss both the free throws, that's not a good sign. And, like, Capella's the other th- th- that's another thing with Capella. All for four from the line? Like, what the fuck's going on? Because if you get the offensive rebound, and you're pu- – like, he has six offensive rebounds. You get the offensive rebound, I'm fouling you. You know, the Bucks are just – dominating them on the rebounding. They had 50 tonight. The Hawks had 35. So, the Hawks even shot it pretty well from three. 41%, made 15 threes, and they still lost because of the offensive rebounding. You know, they they had uh, less shot attempts. They had less free throws because of that. And, Yeah. Bucks up two one. And uh it probably looks like they're good I with the with the Trey Young injury, it probably looks like the Hawks are gonna win. Game three, especially like from what I what I've been reading, it's just Trey Young might not even play that game. So I got the Bucks I had the Bucks anyways. I I think I had the Bucks in five at first, but then the Hawks won game one and my thought was like, I like the Bucks, but I just don't know if they're good enough to win four straight games. So I had the Bucks in six. But I think with this Trey Young ankle thing, I'm just going to go back to five. All right, last thing. I want to talk about Dame Lillard trades. I actually think, before that, I want to talk about, I think Dame Lillard just played interdimensional chess. Because the two people that he picked for the coaching staff, For the head coaching job. Were Jason Kidd. And Chauncey Billups. And you know he can talk about. Oh I didn't know. I didn't know like their. You know history. You know he can say that. But my guess is. He knew. And he knew there would be a backlash. From the fans especially being like. Oh you chose those guys. And then he can you know plausibly say. I didn't know about their history. But then after they get hired he can be like oh you know what I'm not if if Jason Kidd got hired he would have been like I'm not playing for a you know abuser I'm not Chauncey Billups got hired and now he's like you know I'm not playing for a rapist you know and I just think and I think that's just his way of getting out I think he just played like you know 3D 4D chess on everyone I think that's what's going on uh, he's you know he's running from the grind if I'm Paul George I'm 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 you know adding him in all this you're running from the grind, bro. You told me I'm running from the grind. You're running from the grind. Um, there's a lot of trades to be made. You know, there's a lot of tra- Dame trades, and if you, if you're trading Dame, you have to trade CJ as well and Nurk, and just go all the way in. Or I guess there's three things you can do. One, we're not trading you, Dame. You have you have like four years left on your contract. We're not trading you. <laughs> it's no, we're not doing that. And we have like a pretty good team here. We're not trading you. Two, we trade you for a package that helps, like, like keeps us in this pretty similar position. Third, we just go full rebuild and just trade everyone. So my trades that I saw, not saw, I came up with these. My first one: Damian Lillard for Ben Simmons and Seth Curry, and two picks. You know. Ben's still an All Star, All NBA, All Defense player. He sucked in. He sucked in the playoffs, but you know that's something he can improve on. He's still very young, and his his value is much higher than what people probably think it is right now. And you know, I'm saying Ben and Seth because you trade CJ for something else later on too. Maybe you do Dame and CJ for like Ben, Seth, Tobias, Antupix, and two picks and Maxi. Or something like that. Uh, Dame for Paul George and Reggie Jackson. See, this is the second option where it's like... You stay, you still stay pretty competitive. You know, you get Paul George and Reggie Jackson. Now you got Reggie, CJ, uh, Paul George, Rocco, Nurkic. Now that's a pretty damn good team. That's a pretty good balanced team. You know, you got three good defenders in Paul George, Rocco, Nurkic. Reggie seems pretty solid. And is okay. So... And offensively, you're still pretty good. And if you're the Clippers, you get two superstars. Two top 11 players. Uh, Dame for Sabonis and Brogdon. Yes, Sabonis and Brogdon, pretty young players. Well, Brogdon's like 27, 28 now. But Sabonis is pretty young. And he's a really good player. Um, And if you're the... What is they called? The Indiana Pacers, you get Dame, Levert, TJ, Turner. That's a pretty damn good team. That's a damn good team. Uh Dame for Ingram and Lonzo and two picks. Um you know Ingram's a good twenty four, twenty five point scorer. Lonzo's a good player. Um Dame and Zion for the next three, four years. You know, if Zion's gonna be that guy, you know, Zion might be that guy, so like you do it. And now you have two top, what, fifteen players in the league? And then if Zion really is that guy, then you have, like, two top, you know, 11, 12 players in the league. As, aside from that, I don't really have much for Dame. Like, he's too good. And, like, all the packages... It's... it's, Like, there's a lot of packages that could do, like, Dame, Dame for something involving Jalen Brown. But it's like... The Celtics are not trading Jalen Brown. So, like, I'm not, like, even doing that. So, like, Dame for... Jamal Murray, but, like, Denver's not doing that. They might do Michael Porter Jr., maybe, but, like, do I really, do you really want to, you know, backcourt of Jamal and Dame? Like, it sounds good, but I'm not sure, like, defensively what you're going to do with that. Um, What else? Uh, hmm. I don't know, but, like, those, those are the ones that I had. I thought they were pretty good. So, I had Dame for Ben Seth. Plus two picks. Dame for Paul George and Reggie Jackson. Dame for Sabonis and Brogdon. Dame for Ingram and Lonzo and two picks. So, those are the only ones I had. I thought they were pretty good. I thought they were decent. Um, Alright, let's talk about the Wiseman and top seven pick. Uh. You know, apparently they're out on Wiseman. They just don't think they can win with him, and I agree. I don't think they can either. So, the ones that I had were... Wiseman, top seven pick, Wiggins, for C.J. McCollum, and Norman Powell. You know the what's it called? The Warriors they get Wiseman. Firstly, this is a uh, this is assuming Portland just breaks everything up. So you know they get Wiseman. That's their center now. They get a top seven pick, not bad. Uh, they got Wiggins, who was actually like a really good two way player this year, you know, shot forty percent, played really good defense. And if you're the Warriors, you get Steph, CJ, Clay out there, three forty point shoot three forty percent three point shooters, and you get Powell off the bench. Not bad. Uh Wiseman and top seven pick for Christian Wood. Not bad. You know, he's a twenty and ten guy. Uh he could, him and Draymond can definitely play together, and he can, you know, Draymond, like, Wood can, like, somewhat protect the rim. Like, he's a decent shot blocker, but he's not a good defender. Um, watching Christian Wood kind of makes you appreciate just how fluid Anthony Davis moves out there, because Christian Wood moves, like, how Anthony Davis should move, which is, like, not great, but, like, okay. Um, you know, Christian Wood, he's a good player. He's a good player. He has to get better as a shooter, and I think playing with Steph and Clay, he would get better looks. So, you know, I thought that was a decent trade. You know, you get um, Christian Wood, I mean, you get Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Wood. Not bad. Wiseman, top seven for Sadiq Bay and Mason Plumlee. You know, uh, Wiseman. From everything I've heard, he, he would be, like, a top 7, 8, 9 pick this year, which is, like, okay. It's not great or anything, especially in a draft that's, like, a 4-player draft. Uh, So you get Wiseman. If you're the Pistons, you get Wiseman at Young Center. You get the top 7 pick. And if you're the Warriors, now you have Steph, Clay, Sadiq Bey, Draymond, and Mason Plumby. Mason Plumby's a good player. He's a good playmaking center, too, so, like, you know, you have that to go with. Like, the um, athleticism is pretty athletic. And Sadiq Bey is, like, a 40% high-volume three-point shooter he can defend. Uh, Wiseman, top seven for TJ Warren or Sabonis. You know, I think either one probably works. My guess would be Sabonis works more just because... Just because if you do TJ Warren, you would have... you probably have to get rid of Wiggins. And I don't think you want to do that. Maybe you do. I don't know. Uh, because I think TJ Warren's really fucking good. I think he's like a good 3-4. You know, he's got good size on him. He can shoot. You know, he can get to the mid-range. He can post up. He's a decent defender. And, uh, you know, him playing next to Draymond, especially in that small ball lineup, I think that could really work. Um... And Sabonis, I think that could really work too. Sabonis can kind of shoot a little bit. He sets elite screens. Imagine imagine Sabonis and Draymond Green setting screens. Like a double screen for Steph Curry. Like that's those are gonna be the most wide open shots you can get. Imagine Draymond setting a screen for Steph. Meanwhile, Sabonis on the other side is setting a screen for Clay. Like that's insane. And on top of that, you know, he's a great short roll uh playmaker, he's a good playmaker himself. He's a very good post-up player. And, like, his defensive issues are, like, in my opinion, very overrated. Like, I think he's a pretty good defender. Not a not a pretty good defender. I think he's a, he's a solid defender. He's not a liability out there. And with Draymond there, he's not going to be a liability because Draymond's going to be protecting the rim. Um, Wiseman, top seven. Wiggins for Kristaps and uh, Jalen Brunson. You know... If you're the Mavericks, you get another wing in there. You know, Wiggins an 18-point scorer, defense, corner threes. Um, and you get Wiseman, you know, like a rim-running center, that's screens, maybe catch some loss from Luca. And you get a top-seven pick. Uh, if you're the, the Warriors, you get KP out there, another you know, a guy who can spread the floor, and a guy who's just, who's coming off like a pretty good season. Like I know the playoffs weren't good for him, but he averaged like twenty and nine, shot thirty eight percent from three, and on top of that, you also get Jalen Brunson, like a really good bench piece for you, like a six man type. Uh, the last one, this I actually think this could like a lot of these I think could happen, but I think this could this is I think this is pretty good. Wise men, top seven. For Buddy Heald and Rashawn Holmes. So if you're the Kings, you get Wiseman as your center now, Young. You get the top seven pick. You know, another pick, like a lottery pick. You get, if you're the Warriors, now you have Steph, Buddy, Clay, um, Draymond, Rashawn Holmes. And... You could probably do Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Rashawn, and have Buddy off the bench giving you 15, 16, 17 a night. So, yeah, those were just the trades that I had. I thought some of them were actually, like, pretty decent. Some of them, the more I think about it, I think might be a a little bit of an overpay. Like, I think, I don't think you can get, uh, I don't, actually, no, no. No, I like all of them. I'm not, I'm not going to go back on this. I like all of them. Um... All right, yeah, that's it. All right, thank you for listening, everyone. If you do
1: want me, give me a little But If you don't want me, don't leave me on your own. But if you need me, show me that you love me. And when I'm feeling good, and I want you, there's just one thing that you should do. I Just give me some. Show me.